What's up? This is Jonathan Smith, your host here at Shooting the Schmidt. Have an absolutely loaded show going on for you today. This was going to be a little bit different, so I messed up on Friday. I didn't properly export the files or whatever to upload the show, so I'm running back some stuff from Friday. It still rings true. Did some stuff on the Mavericks and the Phoenix Suns, what makes you know the Phoenix Suns so lethal and what makes Dallas a liability, and also did some taper combine, talking about the NFL draft combine. Both things still ring true after... Everything that happened over the weekend. So before we get into that, I quickly want to do this very short thing here on the New York Knicks, who have now won nine games in a row. They are undefeated since acquiring, who I would now say, is a major difference maker. One of my favorite players in the NBA. This guy has come in and just elevated this New York Knicks team. And that is Josh Hart. He's been just so good for them. And... First of all, he's one of the best rebounding cards in the NBA. I love the way that he rebounds the basketball. I mean, how can you not love the way that he rebounds the basketball, right? So he goes from averaging, you know, just under 20 points a game last year when he was playing for the Knicks to now he's averaging 11 here with the Knicks over these nine games. And he's just defensively, he was great. If you watched the game last night, I mean, he just, he took the assignment of Jason Tatum and couldn't have done any better. I know that Emmanuel Quickly is going to be the big story from that game, considering you know he played 55 minutes and he scored 38 points, a new career high. And a lot of people talk about how his, you know, his odds for six man of the year are going to go up after this performance. But my thing is like, didn't didn't he start this game? <laughs> I just I don't know how starting a game and putting up big numbers helps you in the sixth man of the year competition, right? So I don't really understand that, but that's besides the point. Josh Hart's been awesome for them, averaging you know, 11 points and five and just under five rebounds a game. One of the best rebounding guards in the NBA. I mean, he just he gets after it on the glass. He's had multiple seasons where he's averaged over seven and a half rebounds and even up over eight rebounds a game. Guards don't do that, okay. And he's been great for them defensively. Uh, he's another option offensively. He's a guy who can shoot it as well. I'm um, shooting you know 35 percent from three this year. You know he's up over you know his traditional percentage for his career. Um, I mean, look, he's averaging 9, 8, and 4. Like, that is really productive for a guy who's coming off the bench. A big guard as well at 6'5". He's been so good for them since coming over and joining this team. Just a guy who knows how to play the game the right way. A guy who knows how to move the ball. Like I said, a guy who can spot up and shoot. And a guy who plays defense. I mean, just love his game. He's been so good for them. We have our first sponsor of the show today as well. First sponsor we've ever had here on Shooting the Schmidt. So shout out to them. You're going to hear that ad here in a bit. I cannot wait to get into it. It's an absolutely loaded show. As I said, these were recorded on Friday of last week, so they're a little dated, but the things that are said in them still ring true. I hope you enjoy it. Here we go. The Dallas Mavericks are the first team ever, ever, to win a game where two guys both score 40-plus points. Luka finished the night with 42 points, 12 assists, and 4 rebounds. Kyrie Irving finished the night with 40 points, 6 assists, and 4 rebounds. Insane. If you watch the game, they were on fire. They were both cooking from the jump. I mean, it was just bucket, bucket, bucket. One-on-one scoring, swinging the ball, catch and shoot. It's just 
It didn't matter. Whenever one of those guys touched the ball, you just knew. You just knew that the Dallas Mavericks were going to at least get a good shot and that they were probably going to score. And this is what people envisioned whenever they heard Kyrie Irving to the Dallas Mavericks. Oh, Luka, Kyrie, two of the best scorers in the NBA, two guys who can create looks for other people. Like, these two guys on offense is going to be spectacular. And it was. It's the best they've looked offensively since they both came together, right? Like, they scored 133 points. That's a lot of points. That's a lot of points. Or maybe it was 134. Either way, they scored over 130 points. That's a lot, okay? Look, I'm not a genius. But if you score over 130 points, you're probably going to win a lot of basketball games. That would just be my guess. That would just be my guess. And it's just, it's incredible, right? Like, just the skill that they now have offensively with the shooters. I mean, there's just, there's so much scoring on this roster, right? And when the two stars are that fantastic, you're going to win games. But we saw last night why this Dallas Mavericks team isn't going to win a playoff series. The two best players couldn't have played any better. Kyrie, Luka, absolutely outstanding. Could not have played any better. I, I can't say that enough. They were incredible. But I highly doubt that they're going to have another game like this where they both score 40-plus points. The problems aren't on offense, okay? Because here's the truth. Usually, usually, when you have two guys go crazy like this, you win by double digits at least. They only won by seven. They can't defend. They can't rebound. Okay, they only had 31 rebounds on the night. Like, that's criminally low. And part of why they only had 31 rebounds is because every time you looked up, both teams were scoring. Like, there weren't that many rebounds to grab because neither team played defense the entire night. The Mavericks, they lack size. Like, Dwight Powell is their center, okay? That dude's like 6'8". He might be 6'9". Maybe. They don't have any rim, rim protection. And they don't have any wing defenders. They don't, like, they they can't guard. Okay? And they won't be good enough to win a championship until they fill those holes. Simple as that. Okay, like if this team still had Spencer Din, excuse me, not not Spencer Dinwiddie, if this team still had Dorian Finney-Smith, I'd feel a lot better about him because they could have stuck him on James Harden or Tyrese Maxey who carved them up all night. But they don't have that. Now, with that being said, they can score. Okay, they have several guys who can shoot the ball. Okay, they've, they've got Christian Wood and Tim Hardaway Jr. coming off the bench. Okay, like, both of those guys can score. Both of those guys can shoot. Christian Wood can do a little bit on the block as well. I wish they'd let him do a little bit more of that, but I understand that when you have Luka and Kyrie on the floor, you don't want to clog the paint, so they slide him over to the corner where he can knock down open shots. Okay, Tim Hardaway Jr. can obviously knock down open shots. Okay, Kleber, or Kleba, coming off the bench, the backup big. He can shoot. Bullock, a starter, he can shoot. Okay, if, if Dallas was just average defensively, I would really like them. But they're terrible defensively. They can't guard the ball at all. At, at any position. And that's where it starts defensively. If you consistently give up dribble penetration, you aren't you can't stop anybody. It's going to be a lot of driving kick. It's going to be a lot of layups. I mean, if you can't stay in front of the ball, if you can't guard the ball at any level, high school, college, the NBA, you're not going to stop anybody. Simple as that. There's no there's no way around it. You have to be able to guard the ball to get stops. And look, the the offseason, it's coming up. You have to extend Kyrie. You can't trade away all everything that you traded away to not have him there for a few more years. 
And <clears throat> when it comes to free agency, if I'm Dallas, I'm, I'm calling these guys immediately. Th- these are my first calls. I'm calling Jeremy Grant. He's my first call. Okay, A guy who can shoot, a guy who can defend, a guy who can do more than shoot. He can create off the bounce as well. If you're Dallas, you have to call him. I'd call Patrick Beverly. I know people don't like him, but he's going to bring some nasty. He's a guard who can defend the other team's best offensive guard. Dallas needs that. I'd call Dylan Brooks. I don't like Dylan Brooks. Can't stand Dylan Brooks. No, Nobody can stand Dylan Brooks because he's dirty. But look, he plays defense hard, and he can knock down open threes. If you're Dallas, you got to call a guy like that. You do. Joe Ingles is the last guy I would call. I know he looks like he can't play defense because he's a 34-year-old white guy, but that guy can play defense, and he can spot up, and he can shoot. And he can pass. He's so, so good. I love Joe Ingles. Golly. This is what they need, though. They need guys who can defend and can knock down open shots. Simple as that. That is what Dallas needs, and they need it sooner rather than later because I know Luka's only 24, but you're going to blink, and he's going to be 34, and you're not going to have any championships to show for it. And that's going to be a major, major issue. Moving on to the Suns last night. Kevin Durant makes his debut. They played the Charlotte Hornets, and people are doing what people do, right? People are excited, and they are overreacting. Or excuse me, it wasn't last night. It was it was two nights ago. My bad. I apologize. But as I was saying, people are overreacting. It's one game. Let's calm down. One game against the Hornets who don't have their best player, and even when they have their best player, they're not very good. Kevin Durant finishes the night with 23 points, 10 of 15 from the floor, 2 of 4 from 3, 6 rebounds, 2 blocks. I mean, he's just, he is incredible. Okay, he misses all this time and he comes back, and it's like, no, I didn't miss any time. I'm fine. You know, whatever. Uh, DeAndre Ayton plays well. 16 points, 16 rebounds, 7 of 10 shooting. Devin Booker goes for 37. Seven assists and six rebounds as well. Chris Paul didn't play great. Only one of eight from the floor. Two points. But he did have 11 assists. And that's going to be what he has to do now. He just has to give the ball to guys. Okay, so I'm not too, too worried if Chris Paul doesn't shoot the ball well. They don't need him to. The bench was not very good either. But it doesn't matter when Devin Booker scores 37 and Kevin Durant scores 23. You're going to win a lot of games. Inefficient 37 and 23 as well. And this is the thing with Kevin Durant. You can just throw him in any offensive system because he can do anything. And I I don't think it's just the fact that he can do anything because when we look at guys like LeBron James, LeBron James can do anything on a basketball court. He can. Okay, he can, you know, he can run the offense himself, he can bring the ball up, he can set screens, he can roll to the basket, he can post up, he can catch and shoot. LeBron James can do all the things that Kevin Durant can do. But the comf- but the comfortability doing it is what's different. Okay, like you can tell that LeBron James isn't as comfortable as Kevin Durant is when it comes to playing off the ball. You can tell that LeBron James isn't as comfortable as Kevin Durant is coming off of screens. You can tell LeBron James isn't as comfortable as Kevin Durant is when it comes to catching and shooting and doing things other than having the ball in your hands, playmaking, and trying to score. And that is what I think separates Kevin Durant from a lot of other stars in the NBA outside of Steph Curry, another guy who... Is very comfortable off the ball, coming off screens. It's just doing different things other than dri- dribbling the ball up, getting a screen, running a screen and roll, driving and kicking. It's what makes him so different. And the other thing, too, is the Suns have another guy in Devin Booker who isn't as comfortable as Kevin Durant is in those situations, 
but he can still play off the ball. He can still catch and shoot. He can still do all these different things. And so those two guys, depending on who's hot and who isn't, they are interchangeable. And that's that's the really scary thing. Those guys' skill sets are very similar that you can just kind of swap them in and out depending on who has the hot hands. And they're going to be so tough offensively. Still interested to see how they look defensively, even though, look, they only gave up 91 points last night. I don't care if LaMelo Ball's playing or not. You only give up 91 points in, in an NBA game. In today's day and age, that is extremely impressive. So I want to see more. You know, if, if I had to put money down today, I'd, I'd probably take Denver to win it all just because I haven't seen – or not to win it all, excuse me, to win the Western Conference. My bad. Um, I would take Denver as of today just because I haven't seen enough from Phoenix to really have the faith in them to do anything else. So we're going to take a short break. We have an official sponsor now. Cannot wait for you guys to hear that. The first one, the first official sponsor of the Shooting the Schmidt podcast. This is exciting. So we're going to take a short break, and then we'll be right back with more Shooting the Schmidt. This episode of Shooting the Schmidt is brought to you by Old Heads Bobbleheads. Do you know an older gentleman who says things like, LeBron wouldn't survive in the 80s? Then this product is for them. We sell bobbleheads. Some of our best sellers include LeBron in a full body cast, Steph Curry in a wheelchair, and Larry Bird. Get yours today at oldheadsbobbleheads.com. And we're back with more Shooting the Schmidt. Thank you, Old Heads Bobbleheads, for sponsoring this show, for this episode. So, I have a new game. Or more of just a ranking. Taper Combine. Every single year, the NFL Combine comes around. I know it started on Thursday. Random guys show up. And despite having average college tape, they shoot up draft boards because their numbers are crazy. They just test extremely well. And we overreact to these things. For some positions. For some positions, it's very important what your test numbers are. For other positions, I don't really care what your test numbers are. I just want to see the tape and how you played in college. And then for other positions, it's like, I don't really care about the tape in college. You tested extremely well. This means a lot. And so I have ranked those positions. Number one, in terms of the importance of test numbers, I have the wide receiver position. Number two, I have tight end. Number three, I have defensive linemen. Fourth, I have linebackers. Fifth, I have running backs. Sixth, I have offensive linemen. Seventh, I have defensive backs. Eight, I have punters. Nine, I have kickers. And then tenth place, I have quarterbacks. Simple as that. So let's start with the quarterback spot because I know that's what everybody likes talking about. That's what we're interested in, so let's start with that. If Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud come out and crap the bed, they don't complete a single pass, They can't throw the ball 30 yards down the field. I do not care. Simply because I have seen them both tear up some of the top defenses in college football. I have seen the tape. I have seen what they can do. I know that they can make all the throws. I don't need to see anything else except for Bryce Young on a scale to to check the weight and the height. That's really all I need to see. Okay? Like, simple as that. I don't need to see anything else because I've seen the tape, and I know these guys can make every throw. Just like, I don't care that Will Levis is going to come out and impress everyone with his mobility and his arm strength and the weight room numbers. He's going to bench press a bus, okay? He's he's just physically gifted, okay? And he's going to come out and he's going to make all these crazy throws. And I don't care, okay? Because we saw Zach Wilson make the throw a couple years ago where he's rolling to his left 
and he chucks it, you know, 50 yards down the field or whatever and hits a guy in stride. Well, that's great because you're in shorts and a T-shirt. Who cares? It doesn't matter. Okay, and Will Levis is going to come out here. He's going to shoot up these draft boards because of his test numbers at the Combine, even though the tape isn't great. Okay, I've, I've already started going back, working through Will Levis' tape because I know I'm going to get heat on this. His tape isn't great. He doesn't handle pressure well, and he's inaccurate. Okay, and in the NFL, you have to handle, pre- you have to handle pressure well, and you have to be accurate. If you aren't both of those things, or at least one of those things coming out of college, you're not going to be very good. You're not. Okay, and like that's the thing with Josh Allen. Yes, he was inaccurate in college, but he handled tr- pressure well. He felt pressure well. Will Levis? No. In, in the four games that I've watched from his senior year so far, it appears that he has little to none pocket awareness in terms of tr- pressure that's coming up on him. But he's going to test well at the Combine, and so he's going to shoot up draft boards. Now, going to my wide receivers, tight ends, and defensive linemen, my top three in this ranking, I will risk a high draft pick on a guy who tests well at any of these three positions because all three of these positions require the highest levels of athleticism. You have to be a great athlete to play these positions. You do. Okay, If you're 6'4", and you're on a 4'4", and you can bench press the bus that you came in on, and you play any of those three positions, I'm going to take you high. I don't really care. Okay, like, I, I can teach you how to run routes. Okay, I can teach you a swim move if you play on the defensive line. And I can teach you how to block. Okay, Travis Kelsey's come a long way learning how to block as a tight end. And at, at all three of these positions, the more athletic you are, the higher the ceiling is. Okay, like DK Metcalf came into the NFL with a very small route tree. He wasn't a great route runner, and it hasn't mattered because he's just more athletic than every defensive back that covers him. Okay, we look at George Kittle, another guy who tested well. He's just more athletic than every linebacker who covers him, so he's going to play well. And then we look at defensive ends. Guys like Miles Garrett, who tested extremely well. He's just more athletic than every single offensive tackle that tries to block him, and so he dominates games. All three of those positions, if you test well at the combine, you should, and you usually do, move up the draft board relatively quickly. My next tier here, four through seven, linebackers, running backs, offensive linemen, and defensive backs. The combine matters for these positions. It does. Okay, like I want to see you at the combine. I need you to test well. But the tape matters. The tape really matters. The tape has to be good. If you want to play linebacker in the NFL, you need to run a 4-6 or better, somewhere around there. If not, then you're probably too slow. Running backs, I'd like you to run a 4-5 or better. Offensive linemen, I need you to bench press 225 a certain number of times so that I know that you're strong enough to push around some of these defensive linemen. Defensive backs, I need you to run a 4-5 or better so that I know that you have the foot speed to keep up with these receivers. But their tape has to be good too. If you're a linebacker and you can't tackle in space in college, you can't do it in the NFL. You can't. Okay, If, if you're a linebacker in college and you can't cover college-level tight ends, then you're probably not going to be able to cover these NFL tight ends. Okay, If you have terrible 
vision as a running back in college, you're going to have terrible vision in the NFL as a running back. If you're an off if you're if you're an offensive lineman and you can't block college defensive linemen, then you you're probably not going to be able to block NFL defensive linemen. Considering that they're better, you know. And if you're a defensive back, you know, you can run a 4-3, you can have a 45-inch vertical, you can do all these different things, but if you can't cover you know, the college-wide receivers in your conference, then I have no faith in your ability to cover any NFL-wide receiver. Any of them. Oh, you can't you can't defend, you know, the number two receiver, the number three receiver in your conference or whatever? Yeah. Good luck guarding DeAndre Hopkins then. Good luck guarding Devontae Adams. Good luck. So for those positions, I need you to test well, and I need you to have good tape. And then finally, for quarterbacks, kickers, and punters, I don't really care. I don't. I just want to see the tape. I want to see what you can do. I want to see what you can do against top-level competition. Simple as that. Punters, like, great. You kick the ball 60 yards with a four-second hang time. Beautiful. But can you do that when a special teams unit is bearing down on you and you're backed up in the back of your own end zone? Kickers. Great, you made a 72-yard field goal at the draft combine. That's impressive. But can you make a 47-yard field goal with you know two and a half minutes left on the clock? You're on the road, and the stadium is shaking from how loud fans are screaming. I don't care what you can do at the combine. Quarterbacks, can you make the throw? Can you read a defense? Can you feel pressure? I, I you can't you you don't see that at the combine. You see that in the tape. You see that in the tape. And that's gonna do it here at Shooting the Schmidt. I hope you enjoyed the show. As I said, I know those were a little bit dated. As I said, they were recorded on Friday, but those things still ring true. Dallas can't defend. Phoenix's ability just to switch guys in and out offensively between Booker and Kevin Durant makes them absolutely lethal. And taper combine, you know, we saw that a lot over the weekend with Anthony Anthony Richardson's numbers. You know, when you go watch his tape, it's not impressive, to say the least. So, that's going to do it here at Shooting the Schmidt. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to listen to this podcast. Make sure you like, rate, review, share with your friends, do all those types of things. I would really appreciate it. Because I didn't do, like, a full recorded pod today, there will definitely be one out tomorrow to recap all sorts of different things, all the things going on in the sports world. It's going to be a really good show tomorrow, so make sure you come back for that. Once again, thank you so much for listening, and I'll talk to you all tomorrow. 